0: Welcome back. This week on the podcast, I talk with Dr. David Jolson. This is the second time I've had Dr. David on and it was awesome. He is one of the leading experts, I would say, around musculoskeletal injuries and preventing future problems. He is kind of changing how people in the upstate and all over the country really look at these problems. And we go through all those little tips and tricks and things you can do to better for better movement but we also get into the business side of things and how he founded Basecamp, their current outposts for upstate spine and sport and all the other incredible tenants they have there to go along with what they are doing at upstate spine and sport he has a unique blend of chiropractic background physical therapy background sports performance background working with teams and coaches And it was awesome. Um, You'll definitely need to bring out your notebook and take notes um, because we cover a ton of different topics. And uh, I thoroughly enjoyed having Dr. David on. And um, honestly, it's awesome just having him right around the corner here in Greenville uh, for everybody to use and and utilize um, in the upstate. Another incredible company based here in Greenville is Rebel Rabbit Seltzers. They are on a mission to change the way we socialize. For far too long, every time we would go out or get home from work or kick back and watch your favorite show or football game, you would think you would need an alcoholic drink to do so. To fit in, to have in your hand, you would need something to fit in like an alcoholic drink. Well, that is no more. We know all the harms that come along with drinking alcohol, and Rebel Rabbit is on a mission to change that. Their seltzers are alcohol-free. They're infused with Delta 9 Cannabis THC, and it they do not come with any of the negative side effects like alcohol. So you're going to get a great night's sleep. You're going to be able to feel social, feel a little loose, but you're going to sleep great. You're going to wake up with a clear mind. You're going to be able to be productive in the days following. If you go to their link in the show notes, you'll get 20% off your order. They have a mild hair and a wild hair, so It doesn't matter if you've tried cannabis before or not. They have something for you. They have some incredible flavors, and they are racking up the retailers all over the country. So you can go to their website, drinkrebelrabbit.com, and find the retailer closest to you, or you can just go to the link in the show notes, order what you want. It'll get shipped directly to your door, and you'll get 20% off your order. So check them out. It's an incredible alternative to alcohol and it very well might just become your first or your new um, daily drink or socializing drink. And uh, another company in Greenville that I know does a ton for the community is Spinks spinks as a kid i just saw them as a convenience store as a gas station but now i've learned that they do so much for the community they invest millions and millions of dollars uh, for over 50 years now here in south carolina north carolina and, and georgia and now they're growing and uh so if you see your spinks or spinks on the convenience store stop in and support your local spinks because i can guarantee you they are investing in the communities they are in They give back millions and millions of dollars to incredible organizations like the March of Dimes. So all I ask is, you can go to their link in the show notes, find your local Spinks, but when you're driving by and you see your Spinks, just support them because they are supporting the communities they are in. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Dr. David Jolson. If you haven't already given the podcast a rating, please give it a five-star rating, but hope you enjoy the conversation with Dr. Jolson. Dr. David Jolson, good morning. Thank you for coming. How you doing? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here again, man. Yeah, it was uh, It's crazy. It was a couple years ago now. First had you on uh, Upstate Spine Sport. Was also on Lawrence, uh, but it was a little further down Lawrence. Y'all made some impressive moves. Um, But in your personal life, you now have a new baby. You got two older boys. How y'all doing at home right now? Yeah,
1: it's a lot of action right now. That's that's for sure. So two two boys, almost 6 3 and then we have a newborn. And so I mean, I'll tell you what, man. 0 to 1 I think for my wife Fran and I was was tough, you know, just life. Life changes a lot. 1 to 2 I thought was okay, you know, another boy. But man, this 2 to 3, who yes, it's, it's smacking us pretty good. But it's your first girl, right? First girl which we're grateful for that, man. It's uh it's been amazing, but you know, just kind of adjusting to life with with three has been a bit of a challenge, but I feel like we're starting to catch a little bit of a, a rhythm.
0: You got any uh, tricks for people out there?
1: I mean, it's just drinking from the fire hose. I think there, it's like there's so much resources out there, I think tap into those. But ultimately, I think it's the same weird, weird analogy, but it's like starting a business. Like no one really knows what they're doing, right? Especially yeah. your first business. You just kind of do it, right? You kind of learn from mistakes and trying to not make any drastic mistakes, right? And just... Uh, hopefully, raise raise good humans. Yeah, have an incredible
0: wife like you do. Yep, yep. I'm very <laughs> fortunate with that. Uh, sure. Um, with the uh, with the starting of the business, you you and Fran obviously did that, and I, we talked about that story the first time we your on. Um, how did Base Camp come about? Like, what was the idea of Base Camp early on? I think with a lot of things, I mean, you 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 can't create your own
1: luck. Right. But when luck strikes, you got to take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mary Britton, Blankenship, Jay Blankenship, uh, we met them early on uh, when they came here, we were here. And Mary Britton and I particularly just kind of connected, I think, on our approach to care, just Mm -hmm. trying to problem solve and create sustainability and not create dependency and think a little bit outside of the box. And so, her and I just kind of through our early years from a clinical standpoint, just she was always a good resource for our patients and I think vice versa. So, I actually just ran into Jay um, and we just started to talk about how we were both starting to look for, for more space. Um, we're kind of growing outside of where we both currently were. I did love y'all's
0: first space, though.
1: Yeah, I do, too. I mean, <laughs> I mean it was nice. Like, our clinicians, we were all it was cool each other. Yeah. It, was, it was great. Um, but it's so... Jay and I just kind of started talking. And after the conversation, we talked like a day or two later, like, man, should we just start looking together a bit? Mm -hmm. And I think it was always our vision to grow into a space that had lots of different disciplines. And without a question was Mary Burton's vision as well was to have all sorts of different providers under one roof. So you could really problem solve someone's whole health journey. Mm -hmm. And so then it just started to kind of come together little pieces and then the property we actually I mean we're one of like 15 bids within 24 hours and dang so we got really lucky lot and property, property in, there yep so so we got really lucky with that as well where I think because we were owner operator um you know like that typically leads to people actually getting to the finish line versus like a big commercial mm-hmm. um, development where they're looking for Solnica like yeah. so I think that's one reason why we ended up landing the property but then you know from there it just kind of was a, a big learning process I mean I haven't built a house that blanket ships haven't built a house all of a sudden we're trying to figure out how to develop property and I mean it, it was it was a, a learning experience um, without a question but fortunately for us uh, we didn't make any drastic mistakes we made a few mistakes without a doubt but we we did pretty well
0: overall with uh, with the other tenants we're sitting, kind of behind the O5. Y'all have recently opened the 7 in there. I've yet to been, my wife has been, but how exciting was it to get some like incredible tenants alongside you and Spruce? Huge blessing, man. I mean, I think
1: the goal was always to find synergistic tenants. Um, we had one locked in because it's another one of our ventures called Alloy Personal mm. Training. Yeah. I want to talk about that too. Yeah. yeah. We, can t- we can talk about that. But then the other one one of the other early ones was Hot Works. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they saw a lot of synergy in what we were doing, and we did it as well. Just with the hot yoga and Pilates, and their kind of unique. I love hot workout. Yeah, yeah. It, you'll, <laughs> that's the sweat. That's when you'll need your element, right? Yeah. So, um, and then the restaurant tenant was always that. That bay was really created for a restaurant, and we talked to people. I mean, all throughout country. Some mm-hmm. of the markets you would expect: Charleston, Charlotte um, Atlanta, you know, people with, um, you know, other thinking about second, third, fourth, fifth locations, a lot of it with the, we were looking for someone who had like a health or community forward, um, concept. And so, but when the 5 guys, um, when they reached out to us, we we're like, oh man, this is one that gets us excited. Mm-hmm. You know, it, they have a, they have a vegan menu. They do such an amazing job. With community and culture there, um, I mean it's really. I have just being in there.
0: It's a good brand now. Good brand. Yeah. I don't, like. I
1: don't know if you've read that book on reasonable hospitality, but like you, you can kind of yeah. tell those guys probably have. Like they just do a really nice job of servicing their people and making mm-hmm. people feel like they're they're welcome there. And so that was something that we we're like, man, we love that. Is it like a uh, strictly health? base place. No, but like the community that I think that they provided, you know, for base camp was, was massive yeah. for us. And then the last one, Megan Diaz, her, her, her and her sister's salon there, yeah. Mecca, that was just a good fit as well, just because they're very community focused. They do a lot with hair extension, some alopecia, some medical stuff as well. So not again, not as health forward as we might have been initially looking for, but just culturally fit our, uh tenant lineup really well.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's like a concierge place for people. They can kind of go get a little bit of everything they need. And like you said, at the 07, it maybe isn't all healthy, but you can eat really healthy there. Nice. Very clean food. Absolutely. With you, Mary, Britt, and Jay, your vision of a wellness location, like what was that vision for people when they come in and they're able to get different services, maybe outside the normal healthcare system? It's a good question. I,
1: I think that, um, first and foremost, I think the ability for someone to be able to stay on property for a while and like hit a lot of things, go get a massage, see their medical doctor, you know, go, go get lunch at the, mm-hmm. at the, uh, 07 or, you know, any other variation in between lots and lots of different services. So but I think ultimately like the foundation has just been our relationship with Spruce MD, their, um, they think, you know, which is a sad thing that you have to say in, in healthcare these days. Right. But they, they, they really put the patient first and their needs, they, they listen. Right. Like I love the, I, we say it in our clinic, like, you know, my, my job today is I'm going to ask you a lot of questions and I'm here to listen to you to to find the answers, Mm -hmm. right. To, to problem solve. And, get you back to what you love, right? And I think the challenge in medicine, and we can talk about this, but the challenge in medicine is volume, insurance, it's probably at the yeah, the biggest part of that and so Mary Britton and I think our team both do that really well, so it's just it's just being able to share those patients when it's um, appropriate if mm-hmm. not get them to other great providers in town but I think that was just at the foundation is knowing Greenville is growing so fast we don't need to hold on to patients we just need to get them where they need to be yeah
0: I think it is becoming people are becoming more aware that maybe going to someone like you or Spruce could be the best first step than going to maybe a traditional healthcare I agree I mean unfortunately there's there's so much
1: that's based on volume mm-hmm and it's not the provider's fault. I think that's where you're seeing so much burnout from, from medical doctors and nurses. And, you know, it's just the volume that they're seeing, especially in a growing town, like 10, 15 minutes with so Yeah. that. Right. And what's, and that's like, if it was you pull that off, but yeah. someone who has a complicated history, I mean, just forget it. Right. Definitely. And then unfortunately, someone like you, you might get the five, eight minutes. Yeah. Because they're kind of playing catch up with you because you don't have crazy complicated history, right? I do so, think
0: my main doctor I go to annually, I see him for like five minutes. And that's not unusual. And like right now, right
1: now it's okay, probably. It's not ideal. Yeah. But you're just not getting any like true guidance or trying to like dig deeper into your biochemistry, into biohacking, into kind of figuring out how do you optimize exercise, nutrition, um, your, your lifestyle and try to figure out, all right, how can I be the better functioning human so that I have you know a better so I don't just live long but I live well mm-hmm. I think that's really important
0: yeah it's like the difference between health span and health span and lifespan you got it you want your health span longer <laughs> your lifespan will go longer but you got to exactly. be healthy to exactly. earn that life exactly with uh with that biohacking term I think it's like a it's a popular term how much do y'all get into like biohacking in a way that's a good question. I mean, I think I think data is
1: as good as a person who reads it, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that like my biggest issue with like let's say a, a whoop, or uh, I mean, I'm wearing an a Oura ring yep. is the guidance that you get from it. It's a lot of it's a lot of data, right? It might tell you all right, and intuitively you wake up, you're like, all right, yeah, I slept like shit. Yeah, right? but yep. like <laughs> then you're like, yep, yeah, I I slept like shit, right? HRV is down, right? Whatever. And so I think, I think one of the next big innovations hopefully will be that we'll get that data and then apps like that will be able to give you guidance, all right, right your HRV's down. We recommend these three to five things mm-hmm. to improve that. But I think biohacking and generally, generally, I mean, we, we, we both use it in body, right? Just getting deep data composition on, mm-hmm. on, on, um, body composition. So skeletal muscle mass, body fat percentage, and. Um, right versus left sided type stuff and their social fat, like where it is and that sort of thing. And, and that can help guide some, some decision making, right? Where, um, you know, some people don't necessarily need to lose weight, but they'll mm-hmm. use the data from uh, scale as their main number, where really it should be they should be increasing skeletal mass, yep. um, skeletal muscle mass, and, and they'll be decreasing body fat percentage accordingly. But that doesn't necessarily mean that their weight is wrong yeah, is changing or sometimes it could even go up, but the, but it's still a good thing, right? So it's simple things like that. They probably get more into it from a they, well, they definitely do from a labs standpoint. Like on our side, I mean, simplicity, that's one of our core values. I mean, we just try to guide people be really, really simple so that they understand it um, so that they can kind of be their own expert versus relying on anyone else.
0: Yeah, definitely. With that is really interesting to think about because people trying to rely on their own data and they don't know what they're reading can lead them down the wrong path. A lot of it, I mean, you could start with weight. You know, I see people all the time. It's like, I'm not losing weight. I'm like, but you're lifting weights. So you're gaining muscle mass, which is more dense than fat. And so you should be, you know, gaining a little weight. That's fine. But, <laughs> but your fat is going down. Um, I thought it was really cool y'all brought al- alloy in. Because um, what you and Spruce do, obviously it's a lot of synergy. Um, but then you do, and you need to get these people back in the gym. You need to get them lifting weights, lifting heavy things, doing like real functional movement. Um, talk to me how you got partnered with them and then how it also is a perfect synergy with what y'all had. So Alloy Personal Training
1: has been a, a pretty cool story. Rick Mayo, he's the founder. Um, when I first met him, I think they had sold like 12 or 13 locations. Um, you know, they just crossed 200. So, I mean, they're exploding. I think for the right reason, their system is really effective for the client. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's, I think as we age, I think it's very well known that. Eventually all you have is your health. Mm -hmm. If if you've worked hard, you know, made a decent living, you know, ultimate equalizer, we're all going to die. Right. So I think people become a lot more focused on their health how they can improve and especially with a lot of the hormonal issues that are circulating for various reasons like just resistance training is at the foundation I think for that so Mm -hmm. um, they've done a really good job of packaging um, a really nice system where it's it's efficient to push a pull, a hip motion, a knee motion, core motion, and anti-rotation movement in every workout. So every workout's full body. There's a dynamic warm up to start. And And I love that. And then a metabolic finisher to finish. So it's it's quite simple, right? And then we're able to, small groups, so it's four to six people. We're able to progress or regress people within that system effectively so that they get the exact kind of workout that they need. And so it's unique in that everyone gets these these personalized exercises, but you get the community mm-hmm. of working out with people who usually have completely different goals than than you yeah. do, and so it's incredibly motivating. If you were working out, next son is trying to lose fifty pounds, and they're just grinding, right? Yeah. So like, it's it's created really cool relationships. It's been like just the community. Annie Annie Broadnax is our director at, at Annie, right? Annie, yeah, yeah. She's such she's she's such a gift, man. She's just. Super passionate, really good X's and O's trainers, but has done just such a nice job of um, creating the kind of culture that we feel like is is important for people to be able to have the support they need to reach their goal. So um, yeah, man, Alloy has been amazing. We've got our second location opening up on Pelham Road, right nice. on Pelham Road, like where the bottles and kind of where the Panera and, and Chipotle are, right in there next to the Lowe's Foods. And, uh, man, we're excited to be out on the East side. We just think there's a lot of people, a lot of people out there who could really use what, what we can offer. And, um, Whitney Brown will be our director out there and she is just amazing as well. So super pumped up about that. Um, I think that to go onto your second part of your question, the reason why I think it's I think it's just the foundation of, of everything, right? Is is getting stronger, you mm-hmm. know? And this, I, we could get really in the weeds with this, but recurrence rates are just through the roof. What do you mean by recurrence rate? So, with any musculoskeletal issue, like what's what's the number? What do you think the number one cause of like a low back issue is? It's a trick question. So, like, <laughs> yeah. you could say lots of things. Sitting and probably the postures we're in, right? Oh, like yeah. our like our you know traveling the desk whatever like weak core blah 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 like list goes on but the literature is just previous low back pain so like recurrence rates this is a crazy stat. within 18 months 18 months 90 have a recurrence so i tell people a lot look like i'd be really naive to tell you that i'm going to fix this issue right and i think one of the biggest issues in spine care is the idea that there is a fix right? Like people have, you know, this X product, this will fix your back pain. Yeah. Like it, it won't <laughs> like the only way that people get through it is by understanding it, knowing how to audit it, knowing how, what to look out for. And then based on that audit, knowing how to attack it. Mm-hmm. So that's what I try to try to teach at the, at the clinic. But, um, yeah, man, it's a huge problem. It's a $600 billion problem, spine pain in this country, which is just a staggering is it the most common pain? Yes. Spine pain, spine pain, musculoskeletal, from a musculoskeletal standpoint, yes. From a numbers <clears throat> perspective.
0: And that makes a lot of sense. Like, I've struggled with back pain, lower back pain, and it'll get better, but then it'll come back. <laughs> right. It'll get better. Right. And then it'll come back. Is strengthening around the lower back or just getting stronger in general one thing like you encourage? Without a doubt. So- once the, I think there's a giant
1: connection between pain and range of motion. Mm-hmm. So not to go all like neuroanatomy, but pain's perception of threat by our brain. If our brain perceives threat, it's going to lock down our muscles, our joints, our tissues. Number one reason your brain would do that is if you have a limited range of motion. So if your range of motion is mm-hmm. limited, your alarm system, your brain, your neurology, think something's wrong, so it's going to tighten up your muscles, joints, and tissues. Yeah. Okay. So you think of any therapy, a cairo, a chiro, a massage therapist, acupuncturist, PT—you know—a lot of the tools that we would use would ultimately. It's coming at it from different angles. It would open up your range of motion. Okay, so if, to me, that's the foundation, mm. and then that becomes your audit. So once, say you have a low back issue, bending forward, bending backwards, kicking your hips side to side, side to side. Yeah. Yep. So once, once your range of motion is full, you would check that every day at the same time. Okay, you wake up. Drink a coffee or water or whatever, habit stack it. Start getting the habit of when you do something ideally that you like, you're going to check your range of motion. If yeah. it's limited, you're going to open that range of motion up. And that's by doing a movement. Simple. Like if it's if you're limited bending forward, just do a few more of those. Got it. If you're limited bending backwards, do form a few more of those. Okay. So then you're going through your day with full range of motion. If you have full range of motion, get stronger within that full range of motion, core, abdominal wall, lutes, move well through the mid-back, right? So just, if your motion is solid, get stronger within that motion. So like, for for example, at Aloe, we try to have people always check their range of motion, make sure they're good, because what we'll find if someone trains on a range of motion that's already limited, that they have a much higher chance of hurting themselves. Okay, I'm bad about that, probably. Yeah, and it, it and it becomes really simple, and it just becomes a habit, and then it can be even within your workout, whatever you do, a uh, deadlift, and then afterwards, if your if your range of motion got blocked, you either did something you weren't ready for, mm-hmm. or you had poor form in that lift. So it becomes a way instead of pain being our guide, which very oftentimes that's our only guide. Yeah, your range of motion becomes your guide. Now it, this system isn't bulletproof, but if everyone did this. It would, I mean, it would put such a massive dent in the $600 billion industry. It's insane how much of it. Yeah. So it's, it, it, it's, I think if we can. So you would recommend people starting their day checking their range of motion? Without a doubt. If it's a shoulder, a neck, a hip, a low back, knee, ankle, whatever. Sure. If you had an issue somewhere, check it. Because usually what will happen is like someone will be like, yeah, man, that flight killed me, right? Usually... They went into the flight with a restricted range of motion. Yeah. Right? So they stretched a little beforehand. Could help? Yeah, or at least they look at their audit. And then it becomes a really powerful thing for your brain, right? You you literally tell your system, like, I got my full range of motion. You don't need to mess with me. Like, yeah. I'm good. It's protection, right? Pain gets such a bad reputation, but it's a signal. You know, it's it's it telling you to move differently or get, get stronger or eat different or whatever. You know, it's just a signal. It's telling you, like, watch out. Where do you see uh, a lot of people where their weakness starts? That's a great question. I think the foundation is poor stability through the trunk and abdominal wall. I mean, it can uh, it can affect everything up or down the chain. Mm-hmm. You could have core weakness um, or intra-abdominal pressure or breathing um, challenges that could lead to compensation in the neck, in the hips, in the low back. You can argue that it's um, part of knee presentations, ankle presentations. Mm-hmm. So... That's it, probably at the foundation, but I mean, that's, I mean, you could make that pretty much anyone who walks in my <laughs> clinic, I could say, yeah, your core's a little weak and then every, everyone be like, yeah. yeah, you know? So like, I think we all foundationally know it. It's tough to train. It's tough to, it's tough to maintain good strength and, and, and power, uh, and acceleration and be able to transfer force through the core. So that's why to me, it's like the strength is incredibly important, but the, the range of motion can mm-hmm. be a better way to like know because it's hard to know oh, all right yeah my core strong enough
0: yeah how do i know
1: yeah it's hard to audit <laughs> right so it's easier to audit the motion um and
0: then it's just all right yeah let's get stronger through my core today. what is the that makes me think of that machine you have where i feel like people are rotating side to side and like you know powering to the left and powering to the left right what is that thing that's called a
1: proteus um it's a pretty dynamic system it's all it's magnetic based um it, it's constantly resisting you it's hard to explain like for on a podcast but it, imagine like a, it almost looks like a cannon or something right yeah. and and it's um it's not linear what I mean by that it's it's not just in the sagittal plane like you don't just like bicep curl and mm-hmm. triceps extend you can rotate yeah and the the resistance is constantly fighting you so wow. if you if you pull up it's gonna it's gonna fight you pushing down Mm -hmm. right so because of that it's almost like you're training underwater and your core and your connection from the feet up through the knees and the calf and the knee and quads and you know thigh to the glutes to the to the trunk and abdominal wall has to be so buttoned up or else you'll stumble so it's a great way that we're able to train um rotational athletes as well as just general population Mm -hmm. so we use it as a training system but the other cool thing is like to my point i was just making about it's hard to audit the core that's what i was thinking there's a lot of assessments on there where you can get baseline data i call it like a cholesterol lab for your physical capacity right it's just it's just data so i can get numbers on your your speed and power and acceleration which are all different metrics of how you transfer force through your core so then we can use that to come back and retest to see if um, someone's training has been been effective so and then That data is then via Proteus is is compared to everyone else in your demographic, so you can see how is my core, how am I transferring force through my core compared to you know someone else between the ages of thirty yeah. and forty or whatever. You can actually get some data. I mean, yeah, it's actually pretty. It's 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 if ninety five percent of movement happens outside the sagittal plane, like in some sort of not straight line, which makes a lot of sense, right? Most everything's in some, not just back and forth, right? Yep. Uh, so, sagittal plane is what? It's just like, imagine me bending forward towards my toes and bending backwards. Yeah. Like, that's a sagittal plane. Where then there's frontal, which is side to side, and then transverse, which is in rotation. And all those couple a lot within movement. But um, when we train, like in the gym, very often we just train sagittal yeah. movements. Like you do a squat, you go up and down. Right, exactly. So, um... Anyway, I think that that data can be really powerful mm-hmm. from a baseline perspective and
0: could be really interesting to, to train with as well. So you said you do that with the athletes you work with, but also just like the everyday people that walk in. With your athletes, is that mainly with like the golfers you're using that with or? Golf, baseball, lacrosse, yeah,
1: baseball yeah. Um, tennis. Basically anything. Yeah, but and it can be. We've used it with. Well, we work with Furman, so we've used it with their um, cross country athletes as well. Their football players. You know, I think it's it's pretty dynamic. I think my coolest examples of changes we've made on it have been with golfers, um, just because I see a lot of golfers. But yeah, um, I'm sure he won't mind me sharing this story. But um, not this off season, but the last offseason, Carson Young who went to Clemson. Yeah, really good players. PGA guys. PGA Tour card last year. Maintained it this year he on his beginning of his off season doesn't really love to touch clubs kind of takes it takes it easy trains resets um does things he likes to do fish hunt right and so we basically got baseline data on Proteus and when you look at Carson I mean he's probably 160 pounds um you would think if he has a gift and he's playing at that level you would think it's speed and acceleration right yeah um but I thought it was. Yeah. You would, you would think, (laughs) right. And so basically we tested him out and you can see basically power versus acceleration. And he tested out incredibly high on power, especially for his body weight, like ridiculously high, but his acceleration was really low. So I got with his, um, strength and conditioning coach and we basically completely changed his programming to make it really acceleration based. Right. So instead of it being uh, a bench press mm-hmm. you know we had him doing a med ball throw yeah as an example so uh, big
0: fan of the med ball throw. yeah
1: great movements right <laughs> but if that's what someone needs if they need acceleration based movements or if they need strictly power based mm-hmm. movements and so anyway we trained that way he was also training coming and training on the proteus and i mean when he went back to touching the club he had gained like i can't remember the exact number so i don't want to misquote it but it was somewhere between like four to six miles per hour on his driver speed, like something outlandish. might have been three. And I mean, that is, it's like 15 yards. Or oh, something. yeah, massive, right? I mean, in my opinion, it makes it so you can really, like, you're scared. He's a great putter, great around the greens, like right? great iron play, right? You're putting it out 10, 15 yards further, like, you're dangerous. Like, you, yeah. you, you can win out there. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's a that to me was a, a wow moment because if we hadn't gotten that data, he would have trained the same. And you know, he's, he's like, I'm really strong. Yeah, he's, what's going on? Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it might probably wouldn't have impacted much, but now we have a little bit more clear plan because of that Proteus assessment.
0: Yeah, really cool. Rebel Rabbit is on a mission to provide a healthier and smarter way to socialize and drink their alcohol free. Cannabis-infused seltzers are perfect for anybody just trying to kick back and relax after a hard day at work or on the golf course with your friends or hanging out at a party and you want to wake up and feel better the next day. Their seltzers are perfect for you. They are a great alternative to alcohol as well. Their website is drinkrebelrabbit.com. Use promo code LIFE20. You'll get 20% off your order. That link is in the show notes but join the mission and start drinking and socializing smarter with Rebel Rabbit Seltzers. With your model, and I think the traditional healthcare model, a lot of times people are worried about insurance and they're like, oh, maybe insurance doesn't pay for that or I don't know what I'm paying for with my insurance. Talk to me about y'all's model and why it is different than the traditional insurance healthcare model and why that is. It's a great question. So I heard this recently
1: and dug into it because it sounded crazy, but, <laughs> but forty five cents on the dollar goes to um to an insurance company, goes to profits and administration. That is just such a staggering basically fifty percent. Basically fifty percent goes to I'm air quoting, but administrative costs and profit. Yeah. Right. So making a lot of people a lot of money. Exactly. <laughs> And I think in the, in the, in the UK, the average cost for healthcare is around six and a half grand per year. Here in uh, America, it's, it's 12 and a half grand. Their rates of you name it, suicide, depression, chronic heart issues, um, Mm -hmm. diabetes, et cetera, are all drastically lower than ours. So, I mean, not only is our healthcare more expensive, but it's, significantly worse yeah and i mean ultimately we're just getting hosed by insurance companies and health lobbyists and that sort of thing you know from a consumer standpoint and i think your and my health insurance is so much it's just it's just feeding more wealth into um the older generation yeah if you will and i think people our age are starting to really understand that and become aware of it hmm and I think that's really positive because unfortunately there's not like a simple logical solution to this healthcare conundrum. I mean, it is an absolute joke. It's a, it's a mess, right? yeah. Like Fran and I, we had, had the baby and we, um, you know, we got two kids and she, she, you know, had a bunch of visits to the OB last year. We're, we're privately employed the, the num- and generally like we're a healthy family. There's not that much going on. I mean, the, the amount that we paid last year is just, it's, it's nauseating right and i mean at the end of last year i looked into oh man like i spent day, like way too much time just digging into it and getting more pissed off yeah the the more i dug into it and ultimately there's just not great solutions besides like really high deductible plans almost like catastrophic plans you know but a lot of those you can't tie in other kind of like health savings or flex spending or things mm-hmm. that that could be like a long-term beneficial for for a family so Ultimately, I mean, these healthcare institutions are some of the most, and the insurance companies are the most powerful companies in the world that don't get nearly enough chatter, Yeah, in my opinion. I mean, it, it's just, it's tough. So I could rant about that for-
0: Wiki, I, I love that topic because do yeah. think people are becoming more and more aware of it, but I don't think nearly enough people are aware of it. Um, but I've listened to some great people that- Have similar clinics to I say you and Spruce around the country, like Ways to Well, and some other guys that I think are on a path doing what you're doing, and they'd say the same thing. Like it's absurd. It's unbelievable.
1: Like it's it's sad, right? Yeah. And so, like with our clinic, we don't bill any insurance, everything's very transparent. You call us, we tell you the pricing, like we don't hide anything. Yeah, right. So with insurance, pay your copay or whatever. And then you get smacked with these bills. You really have no idea what's coming, right? So it allows you to, to to budget everything out, right? And then for us, it just allows us to treat you like a human being and not have to treat you based on uh, volume and us needing to see X amount of people in a day or, or in a week, right? Mm-hmm. We can actually listen and try to understand the issue and, and help be your guide, yeah. right? And so that's at the foundation and why, was why we always in the beginning when we came here, we were like, look... Um, Let's give this a, a few years, see how it goes without billing insurance, educate on value, show people we care. And I mean it's been we've had absolutely no issues yeah, about to say. at all. Yeah. I mean it's been and I think I think people just get it.
0: Yeah. Do you think where do you think the uh disconnect is with people that maybe like don't get it? They're like, oh, they don't have my insurance and so maybe they're not legit or something.
1: No, I think I think that most and I, this is going to be me bragging, right? But I think that most, like, really top notch providers, in my opinion, should be cash based,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Because
0: I've noticed that more and more.
1: Yeah. You're seeing, like, when people go cash, my first thought is, oh, they must. Be. Oh, they're legit. Yeah. They're legit. Yeah. You know, like, they, they because your value is based on what you provide someone. Like, you don't, if so, if you're not, if you don't know what you're doing and can't get people the right
0: place or guide them or figure things out, mm-hmm. like, then they're, they're really, they're valuing the client or the customer, or the person that's coming into them, giving them more time and not just shooting them out the door with like a stapled approach. Exactly.
1: Right. So so it's value based exactly in that whatever you pay for, that's what you're mm-hmm. what you're getting. Right. Um, and if if it if your price exceeds the value, then guess what? Like you're not going to be in business. Right. It's like a it's like a regular service based industry, right? And and to me, that's how you create real competition and providers improving, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas you could argue insurance companies are simply marketing companies that you're on a panel and the whole point for the provider is that your name's in that panel. Yeah. And so when they look someone up for their dermatologist, they pop it in, they pop it in and they come in, right? So like, it's just, it's so convoluted, right? So I think the more cash-based providers we have, the more plans that are accessible or someone. You know, can be a high deductible, spend their cash how they mm-hmm. want to, knowing they're going to spend it anyway, and then choose the healthcare that fits their lifestyle and their goals. I mean, ultimately, I think that's how we become a healthier country, um, decrease overall costs, and you know, stop putting that forty-five cents on the dollar into the pocket yep. of these insurance companies. How
0: much do you think that is needs to be like education on
1: the consumer, the individual? that's a good question I think it's happening already I think I think uh, you know with the cash practice it's like the I'm probably guilty of this like in the beginning and some providers do it like very um, almost in your face like really talk a lot about how we don't bill insurance and mm-hmm. why and that sort of thing. we don't we don't do that not for any reason um, not to we're not trying to hide anything or anything like that it's just um, but I do think that exposure of more um, more people talking about the value they're getting because to me, Like when you come and see one of our providers, I wholeheartedly believe that like, it's a, it's a deal, you know, like you are the education that we can provide or the services that we're providing that we could be charging significantly more because I think our people are that talented, but, um, it just makes how you structure everything so much more, um, ethical
0: in my opinion. I do think too, at um, with your providers, you know, the, Like I went to give the massage there the other day. You don't just get a massage; you get an education with your massage. Which I was like, "Dang man, I need to start doing that." Or I have KT tape on my foot right now because, like, she was like, "Hey, that'd be a great tool that you could use to relieve, you know, your plantar fasciitis or or things like that." So it's not just like a typical massage like you could walk in somewhere else. Yeah, and I think that's a challenge is
1: like as providers, and when we look for people, like they've got to be world-class. They have to be top-notch, right? Yeah. Because we're providing a, a service that um, we don't have that that marketing company yeah. of, of the insurances, right? So, you know, it, it's important, but like I was saying, I mean, it just makes everyone level up their game, mm-hmm. right? And and I think that's so foundational to creating a better healthcare system.
0: What is the... Y'all have grown a lot. Talk to me through y'all's team now. So, we have two other
1: chiropractors, and I, I say chiropractor, but just think of it as a Combining physical therapy, soft tissue work, chiropractic mm-hmm. work, sports performance work, right, to problem solve issues. They're like all of our clinicians, the goal is that they don't fit their label. Mm-hmm. Right. They're to your point with a the massage therapist. They're not just in their lane. They're trying to
0: Yeah. You can tell she really was educated and like working on it. Right, exactly. And that's and
1: that's very intentional. And so that's intentional as far as how she's educated as well as how we talk about. Um, our core values and our communication within the clinic but um, we have two chiropractors they're, they're, um, they're top notch Dr. Tanner and Gary she's a um, does a little bit of everything but her passion niche is pregnancy and pediatrics um, and she doesn't take an old school approach to that she's uh, someone who tries to problem solve and isn't getting people to come in three times a week for the rest of their life yeah we've um, <laughs> got the newest chiropractor's named name is Dr. Thomas E2 originally from Alaska he went to, I went to grad school with him. I've known him for a long time. Um, when my business coach went out, we were kind of ready. Our, our kind of demand exceeded our supply. She was like, if you could have anyone in the country come join you, who would it be? And it was him. So, I mean, I just, I just cold called him basically and was like, look, this is literally completely out of the blue, but I've always had a ton of respect for you. Would you have any interest? And just got a little lucky again with the timing. And so he joined us. Um, about four months ago now, and he's, he's like the real deal. And so, <laughs> and so, uh, he's been off to a great start. And we have, uh, four massage therapists, um, Sarah, Michelle, Carissa, Caitlin. Um, they all have their own kind of uh, approach to care, which is nice having a diverse group of mm-hmm. massage therapists. We have currently two acupuncturists, Fran, my wife, who we founded the practice together, and then, um, we we did have one who who um, just left, but um, we've we've got another acupuncturist as well.
0: Cool. I know. Uh, as much as I was like, I'm having David on today, my wife was like, When are you gonna have Fred on? <laughs> That's like the common theme. It's like, man, get out of here! Like, bring in the real, bring in the brains behind this operation. You know? And uh, and I don't know how much. I mean, I'm sure you know way more than I know, but um, my wife is very interested in. Acupuncture and the role acupuncture can play like in her hormones and in pregnancy. And can you touch on that a little bit? Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, Fran would do a much better job, right? But that's that's Fran's kind of passion ish, his fertility, woman's health, that whole whole world. I like my simplistic way of explaining it is um like if you have two nervous system states, your parasympathetic, sympathetic mm-hmm. state, sympathetic, fight or flight, parasympathetic, rest and digest. I think acupuncture From a simplistic standpoint, does a really good job of turning down the sympathetic state and getting someone to chill out. I think the body is pretty special saying that when things are um, calmed down, the body can uh, reset a bit. And I think the the acupuncture points and some of the just anecdotal evidence they've had through years... Um, you know, it's hard to argue with some of the power as to what acupuncture can do. There's, just, there's just no zero to little side effects. I think at worst case, I always joke is you get a lie in a dark room for half an hour and that's probably the therapy you need, you know? <laughs> and then at best, you know, I mean, we've seen weird rashes. We've had some amazing fertility stories. We've had GI issues. We've had stress and anxiety. We, I mean, there's been musculoskeletal issues there's been all sorts of different things that have been impacted by acupuncture. And uh, it's nice too, Fran kind of started to focus really there. It's it's her passion. And then Christina, our other acupuncturist, she really kind of focuses on musculoskeletal health and GI health. So they're nice kind of complement to each other um, to kind of give us a nice well-rounded approach from an acupuncture standpoint.
0: Yeah. And that's what I think about too, is like, we all walk around with so much tension and just like, I feel like we're tight and we're tense and like, My muscles in my neck maybe never relax, you know. I maybe never chill out with, like, my hips or my back and stuff. But you can tell when you get in acupuncture, like, you put those little needles in you. And, like, it kind of just, like, all, like, like you said, chills out, relaxes a little bit. Which, then you're like, dang, like, I feel, I mean, now I feel like I can do real work on my body because I'm not as tense anymore. Mm. Um, Or that pain, a lot of times with me, sometimes will go away and you can sleep better. Engineered sleep makes the best mattresses out there. Sleep is the number one thing you can focus on right now to better your performance on a daily basis, and you might as well be sleeping on an Engineered Sleep mattress. Like I said, their products are the best, and their customer service is second to none. Their website is engineeredsleep.com. If you use promo code LIVE15, you'll get 15% off your order. So If you or someone you know is looking for a new mattress, reach out to the team at Engineered Sleep, and they'll hook you up. Again, their website is engineeredsleep.com. Use promo code LIVE15 to get 15% off your order. We were messaging and texting before you came over, and you mentioned this excessive imaging in the role of healthcare. Oh, yeah. And I didn't know what that meant. Um, so I wanted to save it and ask you what that meant and, and what, what do you mean by that? It's a, it's, a, it's a It's hard to, like, we could deep dive
1: into it, but I think the biggest thing is you have to keep in mind that all imaging and what comes up on a report is um, written by someone who sits in a dark room to tell you something is on there. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think there are so many good studies of... Uh, one of the big ones is with major league throwers because they'll get asymptomatic MRIs, meaning they have no pain, mm-hmm. but whatever they're picked up by a team might like get an MRI. Yeah. And the the amount of tears on those... Imaging studies cuff and labrum issues is staggering and, but they have no pain. So I think that your MRI doesn't equal your pain. And so I think sometimes we rely too much on it and it can almost become like a a thought virus. If you uh, like sticks with that person instead of, uh, instead of them having a low back issue, they have a disc issue that's protruded and and i think just that mindset of the anatomy become can create kind of this victim mm-hmm. kind of issue where we don't I, we don't talk a ton patho-anatonic, anatomically in the clinic just because i think it can create what is that that's it means like you come in and you get like a straight anatomical diagnosis hey like uh, you come in with neck pain hey you've got a disc issue with a minor facet involvement um, or whatever like big words that you don't understand that you then go google and and they freak yeah. you out right like i would i would talk to you more about your movement mm-hmm. going back to that range of motion your blocked left rotation and your blocked retraction and extension those need to all open and then we need to get really strong within that motion cuz i don't really i don't really give a shit what's on your mri yeah. unless it's something that's a that's a red flag or is, could be a fracture or something like that mm-hmm. which imaging is really powerful for picking those sort of things up but ultimately you're going to just get something back that's like you've got some degenerative disc disease or whatever you know like i've got wrinkles on my face i had to have when i was 16 (laughs) right it doesn't mean i have a degenerative face right like i i just was probably up for debate but you know that (laughs) there's there's i think some of those words and the language that we use on imaging reports just create a lot of fear Mm mm-hmm and I think that fear can be detrimental to someone's recovery.
0: Yeah, and that's probably over relied on with a lot of healthcare.
1: Without a doubt, I mean, I think I think from a baseline level, getting an X ray or something, if you're worried about fracture or mm-hmm. like a like a inflammatory arthritis, think like uh, rheumatoid arthritis mm-hmm. or um, AS or you know something like that, but just general osteoarthritis, gray hair and wrinkles, degenerative. Changes are just part of the normal aging process. Yeah, and so in my mind, it's like if the imaging isn't going to change how you're going to approach care, I don't
0: want to see it. Yeah, I'd rather see them. Yeah, totally. It makes a lot of sense, and um, I can I sympathize with like I get an image or like a report from a doctor and I freak out, right? I'm like, holy shit, this is wrong. (laughs) Like,
1: you know, yeah, you're not the only one, right? And the question is, if we took that image two years ago when you didn't have pain would it look the exact same yeah very well could have yeah
0: right um with uh with y'all's growth kind of how we started off the conversation do you have i mean do y'all have plans for maybe a second upstate spine and sport like where do you see your clinic going and like the vision of upstate spine and sport
1: Ultra has been probably my biggest learning curve right when it was just Fran and I like we very we had had so many conversations too she would tell you too many like let's talk about something else but <laughs> um about like why we're doing this what we stand for what kind of impact we're trying to make I think I think with the growth that's presented a challenge right where you want everything that you truly um care and believe in to to be felt kind of throughout your whole mm-hmm. system and we've done it was a huge part of my year last year. I got really into what's called Gino Wickman, the EOS Entrepreneurial Operating System, and just created a lot of guardrails and framework for our culture. Mm-hmm. And so it's been really great, created a lot of good cadences in art when we get together in meetings, created a lot of accountability, System, you know, kind of a systematic approach. But the reason why I'm bringing this up is when we're all in the same building, I think it's a lot easier for us to maintain that culture and that really high level of care. Definitely. I think if we had another location, I would only be comfortable with it if I felt like that could that culture and um, how we're treating our people and the experience that someone has when they come into the clinic could, yep. could be replicated. Mm-hmm. And right now I'm not confident that we we could. Mm-hmm. And so for the short term, I don't foresee many another upstate spine sport Will that be something if we ever drop like a little satellite in down the road, maybe on the east side or further out? Uh, we'll see, but yeah. not necessarily something that's on the on the top of my list. So it's just we we still have space to grow within within at base camp base camp at our location. We got some cool stuff coming up. We've got a strength and conditioning coach who's joined us. Who's going to? He was a strength and conditioning coach for the for the drive and he's he's a stud and so we're going to be rolling out a little bit more one-on-one personal training with athletes and or with just like the population who needs a little bit more nuance Mm -hmm. Um, we've got some what's called shockwave therapy stem wave coming to the clinic within the next few weeks which is a powerful um, acoustic wave therapy that penetrates really deep in tissue stimulates stem cells and has been I mean absolutely blowing up the literature world right now with some of its impact so it'll be the first we don't have laser or stem or any of that but this will be this would be the first one that got us like excited enough. We're like, man, like with soft tissue issues, this thing is unbelievable. Yes. So super excited, excited about, that. about that type of stuff. Yeah, I mean that the the shockwave therapy. I had one colleague. He was like, man. He was like, I've never been worried about my career, but this is the first thing that like makes me a little worried. <laughs> like it's it's that powerful, and the changes are have been significant. But I think it couples really well with massage or good physical therapy or chiro work or whatever. So. Super pumped about that, and so you know, and hopefully we'll grow into one or two more Kairos who are just the right cultural fit, and probably another acupuncturist. And then at that point, you know, I think work life balance is so foundational. It's just like I want to coach, coaching, coaching Miles, right? Like I I, want to, I want to be able to be around, and so it'll just kind of be like, all right, what's work life balance? How can we make the most impact in the community? Because that might end up being dropping more alloys in throughout the community where we're helping people get
0: stronger. Yeah. I think that's a huge point. The work-life balance is sometimes needs to be more on people's priority list than, uh, than it than it might be with basketball. You hooping it all? I put up some shots. I, I'm, uh, I'm still a little hurt.
1: I got beat on my court for the first time by a buddy who's in town. Oh, yeah. About, shout out, shout out Clinger. I'll give you that one. That's the first thing he's ever beat me in this entire thing though. So this, this, that's good for me. And then, um, well, yeah, I mean, I put up shots, but I don't play 5-on-5 five five just because I'm a weenie and I'm afraid that I'm going to get flipped by, like, some 19-year-old who's still got his, too. his legs and then I'm to be out of work for a while. But um, I still like to kind of, I call it, like, my zone 2 shooting. I'll go out there, be able to just put some shots up, get the heart rate up a little bit, but
0: nothing crazy. I've noticed just in the last year, like, I get out there on the soccer field and like, dang, I'm just not as fast anymore. <laughs> like the jordan, move it
1: it's crazy man it's like what, what's that jordan quote like he uh he knew it was time to stop
0: when his eyes saw it but his body did it yeah he couldn't move it right you could see the past you're like oh, i'm just not gonna get there <laughs> yeah. yeah with uh we'll finish up here with uh what's something you su- could suggest people do on a daily basis like a morning routine or a stretch routine what would you tell them to do range of motion,
1: right? If you've had a previous uh, issue, check your range of motion. I think what's called controlled articular rotations, cars it's out of the functional range conditioning system, we have all those on our YouTube page that they're just good ways to check your full range of motion if you're not familiar. If you're, if you're limited in any of those motions, see if you can open it up. Um, those kind of couple motions, cars do, mm-hmm. they're, they're all within um, the rotary aspect. Sometimes it can be easier to Delineate like each plane, Um, but I think that's the foundation. I think we very oftentimes mindlessly stretch certain areas, Mm -hmm. like a hamstring. It's kind of like itching a bug bite, right? Like feels feels good temporarily, but yeah, probably gonna make it worse, right? So I think that us being really take the sniper out, do the movements and the exercises as part of a routine that are best for your individual mechanics mm-hmm. is best. So always, I think, getting assessed by a clinician, someone who kind of can help guide you with that is really long-term. I mean, it can save you a ton of money and it can help you move better for longer.
0: Yeah. With, uh, with that, it, it reminded me of the Greenville community. How has the Greenville community been for upstate and the growth and honestly you coming to greenville as well it's been amazing i think that um i've just been
1: so impressed right like fran's from here this is this is my home or yeah. going anywhere um i just i mean from from so many different angles the growth in the community um the support from a business standpoint from other business owners right from a uh Growth in the community, restaurants, different offerings. I mean, this place is just—I think it's one of the best places to live in the world. Me it's it's just—it's just an amazing, amazing place. So little things like there's a Kaipo. I don't know if you know Kaipo, Kaipo, but they're bringing um, TED Talks here to Greenville. Oh, cool um, things like that, right? Yeah. I think that um, it's just a forward-thinking town, and I think it's going to continue to be that. And so I'm just grateful to be, be a part of it and, and grow with it.
0: Well, um, thank you for taking time out of your crazy schedule uh, with a two or three month year old at home, a bunch of little boys running around, an incredible business. Um, thank you for joining me. Um, pumped you are in Greenville. You've been here for how long have I been over? We've, we've been here about seven years. And seven, seven years. Um, it's incredible. And you're part of the growth, man. Like, Thank you for thanking individuals and and clinics like yours or the future of healthcare. So thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening. Give our partners some love by visiting their links in the show notes. Spinks Convenience Stores, you can find the location nearest you. Rebel Rabbit Seltzers, they're on a mission to socialize healthier and smarter, so join the mission. And Engineered Sleep, making the best mattresses in the game. You might as well be sleeping on an Engineered Sleep mattress. For me, if you could give our show a five-star rating on your listening platform, that'd be greatly appreciated, and thank you so much for listening.